Hello and welcome to the Harvard EdCast, a series of conversations with thought leaders in the field of education from across the country and around the world. I'm your host, Matt Weber, and today we're here with Richard Hopper, former World Bank education specialist, illustrious HGSE alum, and new president of Kennebec Valley Community College, who's here back at his alma mater on Appian Way as part of the Harvard Seminar for New Presidents. Rick, Dr. President, welcome back. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Well, it's great to have you here. I mean, you just started uh, as new president in April. Now. I did, yep, in April. And uh, I'm sure there have been some surprises and some interesting uh, adjustments to being president, this being your first school you've been president of. Uh, I think from the perspective of someone who isn't a college president, what's the biggest adjustment from uh, a non-presidential job to being president of the school? And then also tell us a little bit about the school. Tell us about Kennebec Valley Community College. Well, let me do it in the reverse. Uh, Kennebec Valley Community College is a community college in central Maine. Uh, we have an enrollment of 2,400 students, about 1,350 full-time equivalents. Um, it is a community college, so it serves a community uh, and has a range of programs. Uh, sort of the mainstays are things such as nursing and allied health professions, such as physical therapy, occupational therapy. We also offer trades in electronics. We have uh, new um, programs and things such as sustainable energy systems, and we have traditional liberal studies in business, but we're also, we've just acquired a 600-acre uh, campus, new campus, uh, that I have to, re that has a 120-acre organic farm on it, so we're introducing sustainable agriculture, food technology, culinary arts, and doing a whole farm-to-table innovation center, so part of my responsibility is to revive uh, an organic farm that's been fallow for about 10 to 15 years and introduce that into our education. I think I've seen some pictures of you in the barn <clears throat> on the internet. <laughs> Could have been. <laughs> I'm out there every day. Um, and as far as the job goes, the really um, interesting thing, and it's it shouldn't have been a surprise to me because I've read enough about it, is the fishbowl aspect of the job, and that it is a public job. Uh, you are a spokesperson for the institution, um, and I think uh, whenever you walk outside your door, whenever you write anything, you have to be very conscious that uh, it is for public consumption, and that's really important, and it's a very important aspect of the job, and I, th I see it as particularly important because uh, we don't get a whole lot of press, and anytime I'm able to have somebody hear about Kennebec Valley Community College, learn about it, understand what we're doing, what we do for the community, and what we do for the economy of Central Maine, that's important to me. And I use every opportunity I have to make sure I promote those uh, the, the name of the school, but also explain to people who we are and what we do. I'm sure this week's been a really interesting week to being part of a, a very unique uh, cohort of all new college presidents, and, and this being a really, you know, uh, a rare perspective to be amongst all people, all in the same boat as you, new new to the job. Uh, tell us a little bit about what the week's been like being with this, this rare cohort. It's a really wonderful um, psychotherapy disguised as professional development. <laughs> um, it's been really great. Uh, I come at this fortunately with a few months on the job under my belt. So I have three months of getting a sense of what the job is, understanding what what I see at least currently as the largest challenges for my institution are, um, 
And But I also hear from other people now who are new to the job what they're seeing on their campuses. And it's great to see where there's parallelism. A lot of us are experiencing the same thing. Finances are an issue for everyone. But where there are also great differences. You know, I'm in a rural community college in Maine from a public system, uh, very small. And I'm in the room with some folks who are overseeing some very large private universities with very significant endowments and complex uh, other complexities that are different from ours. So uh, while there's a lot of similarity, there's also a lot of heterogeneity. But what's great is we're able to learn uh, from each other. There's There has yet to be a vignette that's been shared that hasn't had some relevance to my work uh, or to my institution or to uh, my life. This is in some ways a sort of second formal coming back to the Ed School. When you were here as a doctoral student many years ago and got your doctoral degree, um, how did that experience sort of shape your trajectory in the education field and lead you to where you are today? Gosh, um, you know, I'm a, I think I'm a very non-traditional candidate. Um, there were several people here who influenced me tremendously, and I have to say the education I got here was very important to everything I've done since I left. Um, I'm fortunate to have studied under Judy Singer, John Willett, Suzanne Graham. Um, I was given a very strong base for quantitative methods, so I'm a good consumer of quantitative methods, or at least I like to think I am. Um, but that's also influenced how I look at higher education and seeing it as data-driven, and I'm sort of data-hungry at my institution and looking for numbers and information, and I really credit my instructors here with giving me that. I was able to study under people like Lou Tyler, um, who's no longer with us, um, who was part of the Ed School, Julie Rubin uh, for the history of higher education, and, and Dick Murnane for economics. Um, so I've had a lot of uh, great uh, background in my studies that's really helped prepare me. But then my first step out of the Ed School was to go to the World Bank as an education specialist. And my focus was on higher education in developing countries. and what that meant is I had to work on countries that have very severe financial constraints, very serious capacity constraints for staff, um, very serious economic issues, um, and also had to look at and oversee large investments in reform, large investments in civil works. Um, and it's given me really good training working at the World Bank for not only overseeing large projects um, and investments, but also um, dealing with environments where there are high levels of poverty and serious capacity constraints. Yeah. The area where I'm working in my home state of Maine is central Maine. Maine is 37th in family income out of 50 states in the United States. Um, Somerset County, which is my catchment area, is the poorest county in the state of Maine. Uh, we have very high obesity rates, very high tobacco use and alcoholism. We have a lot of very poor health outcomes, and these are all indicators of many other things that are going on. Um, so the student population I deal with, my average student is age 29, not your classic 18 to 24-year-old in the traditional age cohort. But my students tend to be older. They tend to be married or divorced, have children. They're, they're in different parts of their lives. And they're typically, not all of them, but about half of my student body is, uh, very not, uh, is unwealthy. Uh, and some of them are outright poor. Uh, our Pell rate is close to is is 80%. For those who apply for financial aid, 80% of the students qualify for a Pell grant. So this means that um, is another indicator that my student population is very um, is 
generally quite poor and has few resources. We also have to deal with the deficits from the education system that they come from. Um, many schools in Maine are quite good, but on average, uh, people who graduate from schools in Maine struggle a bit with higher education. So we have to deal with developmental education issues. Um, what I found really surprising um, more than anything, and I, I, it's perhaps my ignorance, is the fear factor. I've been amazed, when I first came onto the job, I spent a month prior to my first day at work, official day, and I interviewed all of the staff over the course of one month. And then within my first month on the job, I met with almost 500 of the 522 graduating students. I started my job at a very weird time of year. I started in April, and within four weeks of starting my job, we had commencement. So I really wanted to get to know the people to whom I was handing a diploma. So I, and I also wanted to get to know the institution, so I thought this is a good way to get to know that. So I met with most of the students, uh, usually in groups, and heard their stories. And I heard different patterns uh, from the students. And the thing that surprised me, coming back to my surprise, um, was the fear factor. And that so many of the graduating students that I talked to talked to me about their fear of walking in the door. Um, their fear of college, their fear of math, their fear of being in the classroom, and their real joy at overcoming that fear, facing it, going to school, and graduating. Um, and there was a real source of pride that they overcame that fear and faced it and really did well with it. Um, most We are very lucky in that KVCC graduates we have in the 90s are employment rate after students graduate. So it tells you that the labor market locally is just absorbing these graduates quite readily. They find work very easily. Um, some, some of them not without a bit of effort, but it, it does tell us that there's a real demand for the skills that we're providing to our students. And these kind of weeks, like these seminars and professional development, it, you tend to take a lot of notes. And you go, oh, I'm going to bring that back with me to Maine. Uh, I'm curious, you're going to maybe head back tomorrow uh, or whenever at some point this mm -hmm, week. Thursday morning. Thursday mm -hmm. morning. And you're going to get back into your office. I mean, are there calls to action? Are there tangible things that you want to start doing as soon as you get back that you've learned from this week here? Yeah, I think some of the stuff is more uh, gentle. There are big picture things that I want to make sure within one year I would like to be in a different place on certain things. One of the major things that came across, which I think most schools do, is to have a really clear dashboard of data. Um, we have a new institutional research person on our campus, which the institution had never had institutional research. And this is a very icy, uh, critical role, not just for me, but for when we apply for federal grants or even philanthropy, people want to know about our institution and our data, and we really need someone who's focused on that. So what I want to do when I get back is work with my senior team and my institutional research officer and develop a really clear dashboard of the most important indicators for us, and I think that's going to be a really important task. That's a more concrete task. Um, and the other is there are more um, cultural issues within the organization and how to gradually um, the, the culture at KVCC is a very positive, happy college. It's a really, you walk through the doors and you, everyone greets you and very friendly. It's one of the things the students and faculty like about it is it's super friendly. So I don't want to do anything that's going to harm that really positive atmosphere. But at the same time, we're opening a whole new campus and there's going to be a lot of change. And I need to be very careful of preserving the really positive aspects of our organizational culture, but also looking forward, uh, making sure we do it in a responsible way. So in five years, I drive up to Maine, 
go to KVCC. What does it look like in five years with you as president, five years in a few months? Um, I think you're going to see an extremely active campus that's very engaged with the community, um, with a farm that it takes seriously, an organic farm. You'll see us feeding ourselves in our own cafeteria with our own food. Um, you will see uh, people from the community actually working on our farm, but also probably taking classes they never thought they would take. Hopefully our enrollments will be where they are today or even higher. The population of Maine is declining slightly. Uh, it's actually getting older. So it's, a, it's, it's an aging population. It's the oldest population in the United States. Most people think it's Florida, uh, when in fact Maine has the oldest population. Uh, so it's a, we have all these really curious challenges, but I think uh, what we'll see uh, are some new programs being introduced, um, revitalization of old existing programs such as business or liberal arts, breathing life into them in ways that we hadn't thought about before. Um, and of course, you're going to see a lot of new s infrastructure, new buildings and a variety of things. And hopefully um, I'll be able to, I would like to see uh, greater uh, interest in, from philanthropy and from federal grants and state grants and other sorts of funding so that we have more resources to do the good work that we need to be doing. Community colleges in the United States are tremendously underfunded. Our state budgets are either flat funded or declining. Our state appropriations, um, our tuition income is negligible. Uh, KVCC tuition is $3,000 a year. Uh, so we really operate on fumes and uh, I think we can continue to operate very well uh, with the sort of operational budget that we have. But in order to do the things we dream about doing, we're going to need a lot more capital investment. Um, and we're going to have to make some adjustments to make sure we uh, maintain and even raise the quality of what we're doing and reach out to as many people as we possibly can. Sounds like you're doing, already since April, just doing so many fantastic work and, and have such a great vision. Last question, Richard. Uh, bucket list commencement speaker. Pick, can pick anyone who you'd want to come and be the commencement speaker. Martha Stewart. Martha Stewart? Yes. Why? Um, I Martha thought you were going to pick Stephen King. No, uh, in drive. fact, you know, if you survey the students, they all ask for Stephen King. <laughs> um, Martha my, my mother would want Angela Lansbury from Murder, She Wrote, which takes place. <laughs> it's very possible. Uh, and I come from a place called Christmas Cove, so. Yeah, because <laughs> I know more about Murder, She Wrote than I should. Probably, yeah. Um, and uh, so, so uh, commencement speaker, uh, Martha Stewart, and I, I say Martha Stewart because uh, she has a home on Mount Desert. She's up in uh, Seal Harbor. Uh, she's into organic farming, and she's very, very visible. Um, and I would love for Martha Stewart to come and see in a year or two what we're able to do and understand that this is happening in Maine from a place that really we're, It's a fallow farm. We're starting with nothing. Um, and I'd like someone like Martha Stewart to bring visibility to what it is that we're doing. And I think she has a national presence, uh, international presence. And I just think it would be great. There are plenty of other wonderful speakers that I would love to get um, to come to speak. But when you ask me off the cuff like that, that's the first one. That Let's comes do it. To well, Martha, if you're listening, <laughs> you know, <laughs> just show great. up there and, and definitely be the speaker. Richard's a, Richard Hopper, great, great person, great new college president and uh, great HGSC alum. We're proud to call you our own. Oh, I'm grateful to have gone to school here, and I'm always happy to come back. Thanks very much for having me. This has been the Harvard EdCast, a production of the Harvard Graduate School of Education. I'm your host, Matt Weber. Thank you kindly for listening. The Harvard Graduate School of Education, working at the nexus of practice, policy, and research.